The Big Inside is a proud supporter of Give Strength. The fitness industry generates billions of dollars a year, literally. But while companies get rich, all that money rarely goes towards anything outside the industry. And right now, there's a lot of causes in the world that could use that strength. That's where Give Strength comes in. Give Strength empowers athletes in all types of lifting sports to generate fundraising towards causes they truly believe in, raising awareness and funding through the enthusiasm for lifting and strength sports participation. Through exciting events, challenging social campaigns, and good old school lifting, Give Strength is changing the flow of money in the fitness industry towards causes that matter. Meanwhile, Give Strength allows athletes to earn true financial sponsorship. That's right, cash money directly towards your own personal progress in the sports you love just for being a leader in generating funding for causes you believe in. Give Strength is changing the game of strength and bodybuilding one life at a time, one dollar at a time, one cause at a time. Get involved and learn more at GiveStrength.net. Give Strength. How your strength gives strength. The Big Inside is also brought to you in part by SciSafe Sports. The world of strength and bodybuilding is full of hype, but big claims, bold statements, and bright spotlights aren't what makes these sports great. What sparks your passion is the ability to take your best and make it even better. And believe it or not, there's a word for that, SciSafe. SciSafe Sports is dedicated to improving the world of strength and fitness through innovative ideas, building local community, and delivering elite standard supplements like their premier product, Rect Pre-Workout Formula. Rect is not filled with hype and surprises. Read its label and you'll discover complete transparency, a product made of higher doses of ingredients than any other pre-workout on the market, and maybe in the world, at ratios backed by science and common sense. Discover why more and more strength and bodybuilding athletes aren't just trying wrecked, but staying loyal to the product that may just be changing the world of lifting for the better, which is the SciC Sports mission. Learn more about wrecked as well as learning about other missions SciC Sports is undertaking at www.sciceasports.com. SciC Sports, it's your best, reborn better. The Big Inside is also brought to you in part by Scorpio Creative. We all have big ideas from time to time. A new business, a cool brand, an amazing project. But how do we make those ideas come to life? And then, how do we get people excited for our ideas? Scorpio Creative can help you do all that and more. Scorpio Creative is a boutique design, branding, and marketing firm that works with the little guys like you to make your ideas shine like the big guys. In a world full of impersonal and automated marketing and branding solutions, Scorpio Creative brings custom, personalized partnership for all your branding, design, and promotional projects. Why not give your business, your brand, or your mission the same treatment the big guys get at a fraction of the cost? Visit Scorpio Creative today at www.scorpiocreative.com. Let's bring your ideas to life. Today on The Big Inside, the new year is upon us. It's 2018, and we're getting a little sentimental about shovels. Plus, we're going to bring you to France to study Victorian-era thermodynamics. This is true. This is the next workout for your ears, and it all begins right now. Here we go. It's another Monday night somewhere. Wait. Wait, that doesn't make any, that doesn't make any sense. I, I guess it's time once again for the Big Inside. Broadcasting from the world-famous Public Alley 701 in the calorically dense city of Boston, Massachusetts, 
I'm Christian Mady, a.k.a. XN, and this is The Big Inside, an ongoing discussion that intersects and connects what transforms the body with what transforms the world and then turns them both inside out. We're all about the conversation, not the education, but with our luck, you'll probably end up learning something along the way. And uh, it's a new year. It's a new year. We did it. But before, happy 2018. But before we go all old anxiety, right at the top, I have to uh, thank some awesome people for some feedback we got on our last show. It was super generous. So thank you, Phil, and thank you, Eric, for the positive feedback. Yeah, yeah, do you get that? I'm naming names. I mean, we say it all the time. Like, you probably heard me in the past. Like, if you give us feedback, we'll mention you on the air. And boom, as promised, names dropped. Now, maybe you, you yourself, want your name said aloud into the mighty abyss of the internet. Would that make your new year? Would that make your new year awesome? Would that launch your 2018 off with a bright, shiny start? Well, it's it's fortunately, it's easy. It's easy. Just be in touch. Just just talk to me. And lo, I shall sing your graces right within the show. Try me. Go. Just try me right now. Like, leave a review on iTunes. It's a great thing to do. Leave a review on iTunes for The Big Inside or a comment on the show page at TheBigInside.com or send me an email via TheBigInside.com. I don't care. And uh, once I get it, I'll peruse it. I'll, I'll make note of, of all the feedback, and then I will make sure that the world knows that you are a brilliant and kind soul, and then your 2018 will be amazing, and you'll get rich, and you'll fall in love if you're not already, and you will own the world, and it all begins. Just leave me a read. Just drop me a line. That's how it all begins. Now, speaking of kind souls, um, you know, obviously, thanks for the, the, the folks who've been trying to keep the show on the air week in and week out. People have been sharing episodes on social media, which is amazing. And it's also what we need. Uh, but we have a long way to go before we're a household name. Uh, I mean, I want to be, you know, as household as Oreo or um, what's a good Samsung. These are not endorsements for products, although if Samsung or Nabisco want to, you know, send me a couple bucks. Anyway, but we're not a household name yet, so we need your help becoming that. We need your gossip, your chatter, your social media. People have been so kind, and they're sharing episodes, and that's what we need. Like, this is grassroots, people. So if you could do it, if you haven't told a friend about the big inside, about this guy, he talks. He like lives in an alley or something. I don't know what he does. And he talks and he says the things and it's like some muscles and some thoughts and music. And then, you know, and then he wraps it up. Tell your friends about this stuff. Like right now, please go onto the interweb nets and copy the link for this episode or any episode of your choosing of The Big Inside. And obviously you grab it from our website, thebiginside.com, or we're at Google Play and Stitcher and iTunes. But don't, don't you dare go to Spotify because of our seething hatred for their podcast snobbery. It continues to flow through my veins like I don't know, like demon blood. That's a thing, right? And then after you copied that link, take that link and share it on your social media. Become a minion, if you will, of the mission. Share it on all the walls you can find and every Facebook thing everywhere. You, I mean, you specifically are determining whether the show stays on the air. So thank you to the people who've been helping. And I'm really hoping you listening to me right now become one i'd love it if you chipped in but enough pitching let's get the show rolling let's do the show part so right now right this second there's actually you probably have heard trucks going by the public alley 701 there's a massive snowstorm happening in the world famous public alley 701 that's why and many of our listeners here in the northern climbs are probably like snowed in and that's 
kind of a cool coincidence with the theme of this week's big deal. Um, we didn't plan the coincidence. We actually came up with this show skip just after Christmas this year, long before we knew this storm was brewing. Um, but it's really, uh, it's cool the way it overlaps so neatly. Anyway, the, but the, so the point is, today's big deal, it's actually a little bit sentimental, a little bit warm and gushy. Um, we want to think of it, we want you to think of it as sort of like a love letter to you guys, for all you kind people right here at the start of 2018. So, uh, prepare to get all squishy. We just wanted to do something that sparks some thought as the new year rolls on, and it's a little bit different than the typical, you know, resolution theme. Everyone does that, and or the top 10 theme. We, we wanted to just, you know, sort of give you a little hug with a snow shovel. You'll see what I mean. Anyway, let me shut up. Let me stop talking about it. Let's get going with this week's Big Deal. Shoveling snow from a driveway requires about 974 calories. Not 174 calories, that is, if you take certain factors into consideration. Hypotheticals. Like, it'll require 974 calories if the shoveling took you about, say, 90 minutes to complete. Hypothetically. Also, it's 974 calories if you're a man. And let's say you're roughly 210 to 220 pounds. Like, give or take five on either side. The actual number of calories required, of course, maybe more if you're a bigger person or less if you're smaller. But for now, let's just focus on that number of calories, 974. I mean, totally hypothetically, let's just stick with the fact that it will take 974 calories to shovel snow from a driveway. taking certain hypothetical factors into consideration. Now, of course, the exact number of calories that you, yourself, might burn has a lot to do with how you're built. If you're heavy for your height, you'll burn more calories than someone who is, say, lighter or leaner. And if your body weight is made up of more muscle than it's made of fat, well, even more calories are going to get burned. Plus, there's a lot of other factors that could affect how many calories you burn shoveling that snow. Like, how much snow you even had to shovel, and how much time it took. So let's imagine more of these factors. Let's, let's put as much in place to see if we can actually assign a value to that work involved to see just what factors are involved in determining when it would take someone exactly 974 calories to shovel snow. First, let's try and figure out the amount of snow we're talking about. 
Because, you know, clearly, I mean, more snow, more calories burned, and less snow, less calories. So let's say, again, totally hypothetically, that the driveway we're shoveling belongs to a medium-sized house. One that sits midway up a curvy cul-de-sac in a suburb of Massachusetts. That's, oh, I don't know, 25 minutes or so west of Boston, hypothetically. And it's a two-car driveway, two cars wide. You know the type. And there's about eight inches of snow when you start, because the snow had been falling for about six hours now, maybe seven. And the snow itself, let's say, is the heavier kind, the dense, wet kind of snow, not that light, fluffy, powdery stuff, which means the water in the snow sort of seeps to the bottom as it accumulates, making the pack denser down underneath. And we can even envision, maybe, other factors that add to the work. Like a car, say a light SUV, maybe a Toyota of some sort, having been driven into that driveway just a little bit earlier. About midway through when the snowfall was coming down. And that car left a set of tire tracks packed down into that wet snow. Two hardened strips of ice glued to the pavement below, leading right up to those car tires. And even further, let's say that car was your siblings and their spouse, hypothetically, of course, and they were visiting from out of state. They were visiting the family. Because the snow being shoveled was being shoveled on Christmas Day, which is why they were visiting at approximately 11.30 a.m. All hypothetically, of course. And while typically snow on Christmas, a white Christmas, is like a nostalgic thing, it also means that now you have to do a bit of work on this holiday and use your strength and your muscle to clear the driveway, say, as a favor for your mother, hypothetically. And maybe you're thinking a holiday like Christmas is not really a factor at all in determining how many calories you burn shoveling snow, but let's say you celebrate that holiday with traditions based on Italian-American customs, just hypothetically speaking, and Italian-American food, and that would mean the big meal for Christmas happens the night before. The big meal happens before even a single snowflake falls on Christmas Eve. And that night you had eaten a lot of lobster and a lot of shrimp and just a whole lot of pasta. You see, hypothetically, the family recipe that you were dining on is this miraculous red sauce where a whole shellfish, all of them, are plunked right into a pot and cooked right in that sauce, giving the whole dish this incredibly unique sweet taste, unlike any tomato sauce you make any other time of the year. But, you know, I digress. The point is, you carved up the night before, and the food was rich. And so now your cholesterol and sodium levels are elevated. And this would, in turn, mean that your heart may have to work a little harder to pump the blood, and that you sweat a little bit more. And it's these kinds of factors, which at first seem irrelevant, that are actually impacting the number of calories needed to shovel that snow. 
974 calories. Yeah, it's surprising the factors that can get caught up in assessing how many calories you need to burn just doing an activity like snow shoveling, which is one part cardiovascular and one part power and strength and one part stamina. And this is all because, it, well, maybe we should step back. Maybe we should actually refresh our basic understanding of what a calorie is, or more importantly, where the term calorie comes from. Because most of us just know it as some sort of measurement that has to do something with the stuff we eat, which is true. But as always with these kinds of things, there's a bigger story inside. And to find that story, we actually need to travel out from that small cul-de-sac in Massachusetts all the way to France. Fortunately, that shouldn't be too much culture shock, considering that the word cul-de-sac is also a French term. La chambre si noire que mes deux petits yeux n'arrivent pas à croire qu'ils sont heureux. Now, we're not going to present-day France to capture this data about calories. No. We need to go to a past day in France, a couple hundred years ago, in fact. To understand calories, we need to get familiar with a time in France right at the start of the 1800s. Up front, though, it's important to know that throughout its long long history, France has had a pretty tumultuous go of things over the centuries. French history is marked over and over with invasions and revolutions and getting invaded and fighting wars. All this has meant that France has had to, over and over throughout its long history, constantly rebuild itself. Rebuild its government, rebuild its buildings, rebuild its society, and rebuild... I mean, you get the idea. And because rebuilding itself has been such a cyclical thing in France's history, it's probably one of the reasons why, at around oh, 1819 or so, France was becoming full of brand new ideas. See, at that time, France was rebuilding from yet another of its long history of turmoil. You see, Napoleon Bonaparte, you know, that little angry dude you hear about who came pretty close to making a giant global French empire way long ago. Well, he had just gotten the inglorious boot out of power, and the country was rebuilding itself after all the chaos he had created. That story's for another show. But in the process of putting itself in order after Napoleon, France was open to all sorts of new ideas. Imagine an entire country being impacted by an autocratic leader, someone who doesn't really pay attention too much to the contrary opinions around him, yet still pretends he is all about the democracy. I'm pretty sure a lot of us in present-day USA can kind of relate to that. And then, almost as swiftly as he rose to power, France shoveled away his militant aggression and tried to resume the democratic ideals it aspired to in its revolution, which had happened about a quarter century earlier. Clean slate, 
open road, all Napoleon shoveled away. Just think of the opportunity. Just think of the potential. And potential is, indeed, what French King Louis XVIII saw in front of him. And Louis XVIII gathered all those wealthy bourgeois and immediately took to refashioning France from the militant empire Napoleon had strived to build into creating a nation fortified with a much more powerful weapon, something that could make France stronger and more wealthy than any war could ever achieve. Intelligence. See, right around 1820 or so, there was a boon of research and science and academia being snowpiled into Paris by King Louis. And I mean, the guy was, in a lot of ways, kind of a jerk. I mean, he wasn't really too concerned with the poverty and the wealth disparity in the nation. But the one thing King Louis did do well was create a space where the potential of learning could expand. Now, keep in mind, all around the world during the 1800s, nations left and right were experiencing industrial revolutions. The need for information was at an all-time high across the planet. Knowing the science and details behind machinery and mechanical things and systems was, well, nothing short of a valuable new commodity. Because without all that science, the engines of industry couldn't roll forth and everything was being fiddled with. If a thing could be turned into a machine and that machine could churn out stuff, metalworks or clothing or, well, this is France in the 1800s, weaponry, well, the French were into it. Simply put, the science of the day wasn't always purely about curiosity. The science was driving an engine of wealth. Engines. Now just think about that word for a second, engines. This is a time before electricity was even common. It was barely even understood. So what exactly do you think ran the engines of industry? Coal, steam, fire, heat. The science of heat was incredibly important to understand because heat can drive a turbine. Heat can make wheels turn. Heat was just that vital bit of science you gotta know about if you wanna create an industrial revolution. I mean, an industrial revolution in France in the early 1800s, uh, hypothetically. And it's not just heat, not just the science of understanding how to create heat and how heat behaves. No, you had to know how to hold heat. You had to know the science of how to contain heat. And you had to know where the potential for new heat could be found. I think you can guess where this is headed. Enter the name Nicholas Clement. Now, maybe it's properly pronounced Clément, all Frenchy. I'm not really sure. Maybe someone can write in and correct me. But anyway, Nicolas Clément, or Nicolas Clément, was a physicist and a chemist, and he lived and worked in France at the time, during the 1800s. 
Now, he was right there working on what was then the bleeding edge of industrial science of the day, the science of heat, how to capture it, how to contain it, how to predict it. Clement was traveling around the country and even around Europe, lecturing for a couple decades on the research he had done. He'd visited universities all over Europe, you know, like the kinds you see in those period piece movies, everything in dark wood and stonework and, and the attendees almost always entirely men, with stuffy expressions and ridiculous mustaches and those heavy dark wool suits and coats. Yeah, they were all there. Because Clement's work on the science of heat was, after all, not just the cutting-edge science of the day, it was actually a component to how people would become rich off the engines of industry. Yeah, those lectures were pretty well attended. And it's what Clement said about heat that really captured people's attention. Because Clement wanted people not to just think about heat as something to use to turn turbines and crank gears. No, Clement wanted people to think of heat as a finite commodity with a value, a commodity that you can find within other valuable materials, like wood burns and coal burns. Things that can burn turn into heat, which means that anything that can be burned has, right within its structure, contained potential heat. Yeah, I mean, this seems glaringly obvious to us. But for the time, this was dazzling scientific fact to have any proof of. Everything has potential heat right within it. And this gives value to things that burn. So if one thing has less of that potential heat within it, like, say, dried grass, it becomes less valuable to an industry than something that has a lot of heat captured within it, like coal. What made things, what made raw commodities valuable to the industry relies on the value of the contained heat within that thing. The more you can burn, the more money you can make. And the more valuable the thing becomes. So, obviously, industrialists desperately needed a measurement for that potential heat some way to judge how much of that contained potential heat is within something that burns. Because, you know, you're going to want to sell those commodities at the best possible price. That is, if you want to stay among that bourgeois class. And this is where Clement brought into common parlance a sciency word that we still use regularly to this day. The calorie a unit that measures hidden potential found on the inside. Clement explained the concept of the calorie this way. One calorie, one unit of this measurement, will raise the temperature of water one degree Celsius. So like 10 calories can raise water's temperature 10 degrees Celsius, and so on. Now, if your engines that power your machines, that make you your money, need to boil a lot of water, and I mean like millions of tons of water a month, well, you're going to need to know ahead of time just how much heat you're going to have to produce. Because then you'll know how much coal to buy 
or wood or whatever, and you won't overspend or underpurchase in order to power those steam engines and get that factory working and get that money in your pocket. A calorie was a way, Clement proposed, to literally measure the value of something that burns, to measure the value of something's potential. Clement taught the world not just that all things have potential within them, but that potential could literally be measured and predicted and acted upon. The calorie. Just a way to measure the potential contained within something, which all came out of a period of high-profile learning and research during one of France's many cultural transitions. Thirty-seven degrees Celsius. It's a very important temperature. Believe it or not, you pay more attention to thirty-seven degrees Celsius than you may even realize. See, this temperature is known by its U.S. measurement conversion, ninety-eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. Sounding more familiar now? The temperature of a healthy human body, ninety-eight point six degrees Fahrenheit. Our bodies produce heat, which means within our bodies, according to old Monsieur Clement, we must have stored potential heat in there somewhere. To function properly, the body must maintain a constant temperature of 37 degrees Celsius, or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Like if it's too cold, like if you're out in the snow and that snow is wet snow, and you're staring down your mom's driveway during a holiday and breathing the cold air. Hypothetically, your body needs to do a little extra work to keep itself warm, and that work requires calories. Or if maybe you're too hot and your body needs to cool down, like when you're under your sweatshirt and your coat and your scarf and your gloves, and you're kind of breaking a little bit of sweat because you're pushing the shovel through that heavy, wet, dense snow. Hypothetically. Well, that sweat takes work, and that work requires the engines of the body to turn on. And like Clement said, to work an engine, as we know, we need heat, which requires calories. No matter how you slice it, the body's engines need calories to operate. But here's the design flaw. Not that Mother Nature should be called out on a flaw, but you'll see what I mean. We can't store within our body that much potential heat, that many calories, to maintain the constant temperature of 37 degrees Celsius or 98.6 degrees Fahrenheit. Your body can only store little bits of potential heat, very few calories at a time. So, how do we get the rest of the calories we need to keep that heat level? Same way they did in industrial France. We install them. We eat them. Now, just like the machines of those French industrialists, not every demand for calories from our machine will quite be the same every time. There are always factors which shift how many calories we use. There are always factors which shift how we integrate our potential. Maybe it's the size of your body, or how much muscle you have, or whether you have high blood pressure from too much delicious lobster marinara. Or maybe you're about to do your mom a favor and shovel her driveway on Christmas morning, hypothetically, which is quite a bit of work and quite a bit of produced heat. The amount of work our body is doing is always shifting, 
You can't predict it perfectly. But you can anticipate the demand a little bit. Like, in our example, the type of shoveling is different than the average. Like, remember the quality of snow I keep mentioning? Like, if it was that light powdery stuff, you could just shove that aside, almost sweeping it away with a shovel. And so, after about an hour, you might tear through, oh, I don't know, 762 calories, you know, because the snow was so light and didn't take as much potential heat to do the work. But also, remember from the hypothetical example how we said your sibling drove up earlier with a spouse and their car had left a track and that track froze. And that would mean chipping away at that track. And chipping away at ice adds a lot of power and a lot of muscle exertion. You see? The little things change the amount of calories you're going to need. The littlest things shift how we utilize our potential. Because while you're shoveling that snow, hoisting those heavy loads and tossing them awkwardly into damp, thick piles along the shrub line of the edges of the driveway, something is meanwhile happening in the house on the cul-de-sac. Another factor, another change of potential. Holidays do something, well, funny to family dynamics. Sometimes, without even realizing it, we bring with us old bits of history that are no longer even relevant to the moment. Yet, for some reason, they begin echoing in our head when we return to our home of origin. These bits can agitate us, they can make us short-tempered, they can make us impatient. They're stored potentials for emotional heat within the mind. And if we can't clear away the icy tracks of our past, we can become icy ourselves and bitter and angry, and those calories can ignite. In the house, hypothetically, while you're shoveling snow, a fight is breaking out. I mean, just typical family argument stuff, just a quarrel. Nothing serious or profound, just a spitting match of tempers. The way your family does sometimes. Uh, hypothetically. And that fiery argument is fueled by ugh, old resentments, like calories made from recollections of our past. It's easy to lose our temper in the moment over oh, something small and then start firing balls of heat generated by the stored anger left over in our mind that we never cleared away effectively from our past. Anger that we never even feel actively day to day, but that we've never actually fully unloaded. And so it sat in your family's mind for years maybe. They didn't even know it was there. It was just, well, stored potential heat. But meanwhile, you're just shoveling. You're just burning a different kind of calories, physical ones. Maybe someone comes out of the house. Exasperated, saddened, I mean, someone not 
even involved in the petty bickering. And they pop out and they tell you what's up in the house, what's going on, and that your family is at it again. Uh, hypothetically. Out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, just the family just started hollering at each other for a short stretch of the holiday. It's stressful, but it's a factor. Because your pulse goes up for a few minutes. And you look into your own mind and you see it. You have a little bit of stored potential anger too, a little bit of psychological heat of your own. And hearing this news of the nonsense in the house, yours could ignite. You could begin to get cross. Bad calories. Hypothetically. And so you look down that driveway, oh, maybe two-thirds done with the shoveling, and you look at those tracks, those damn frozen tire tracks. And even though they're made of ice, you're tempted to ignite a hotter resentment of your own. Why should you have to do the extra effort, burn those extra calories for someone who is now causing upset during a holiday? Yeah, that would be juicy. To just throw down that shovel, about 16 calories of effort, march inside, about 19 calories, and then spit into that fight that you are furious with the lack of patience and cooperation. Yelling takes, oh, maybe 31 calories or 68 if you really get into it. Hypothetically. And then it hits you. Using your calories that way would be, well, just counterproductive. It would only add more heat and more fury. It would only ruin the holiday more. And the driveway would just... Well, it wouldn't get done. We all have a choice with how we use our stored potential. Do we light our fire just to get some vindictive satisfaction that really won't nourish us or get anything done? Or do we use our potential to clear away a tough track that we don't need to follow anymore? The thoughts cost calories, just like kindness costs calories. So hypothetically, let's say you take the shovel and you chip away at the old tracks. You hack with that hollow, echoing sound that only a snow shovel can make when it's banged against pavement and ice. You don't need to follow the tracks from the earlier time. You are, after all, made up of potential. How you use your potential determines what you can create. And what you can avoid. It will only cost you 974 calories to clear this snow from this driveway, on this cul-de-sac, in this neighborhood, deep in the suburbs of Boston. Hypothetically. And by clearing it, by using your potential heat, you'll clear away something unnecessary that came and visited from the past. You will create kindness. You will convert those 974 units of heat that Monsieur Clement taught us about into something good. 
And that's just looking at those factors, those factors in the hypothetical at Christmas, in the snow, at the end of 2017. Next holiday after that's New Year's, right? And in this assessment of caloric factors, it's 2018, to be precise. We're capable of converting food into heat and heat into work, which means we're always filling ourselves with potential, with the ability to use heat to clear away what impacts us, what slows us, what deters us, and chip away at the old tracks we are otherwise likely to be resentful about. That is what we all go into the new year with, knowing that we're made of calories. And that means, according to Nicholas Clement, that we all possess intrinsic value. Value assessed as potential for work. In other words, we're all made of potential. And we all take in more potential every day. What will we burn for 2018? What will we create? It's impossible to say, but all it took to change the face of old stories was 974 calories. 974 units of potential. That's all it took to shovel a driveway with the aforementioned set of hypothetical factors. 974 is really not a lot when you think about it. Willing to bet you take in two or three or even four times that amount of potential every day, every week every month in this upcoming new year. Use your calories wisely. You are made of potential. Clear away the clutter. Chip away at the hardened tracks you find in front of you or in back of you. Let's take what we saw in the past and make something good in the future. Starting with just 974 calories and a snow shovel. taking certain factors into consideration. Hypothetically, of course. Happy New Year. Thanks for once again stepping inside, the big inside. And we'll be back again real soon to squeegee the windows of life with the Windex of Physique Sports. Oh, God. Yeah, that sucked. All right. So it looks like some things will not be improving in the new year. But in the meantime, like we said at the top of the show, keeping this operation afloat kind of relies on you, our incredible listeners. So please, won't you help out? Like leaving a review for us actually helps us reach new listeners and gain sponsors. And it's really easy to do. So would you mind doing me a favor? Would you like to take a couple minutes and go to iTunes or Stitcher or Google Play and just throw us some stars. If you got a couple seconds more, write us a review and then we can jockey ourselves into some sweet positions online and get found by yet more amazing people like you guys. So um, yeah, reviews super help. If you guys could do that for me, that'd be incredible. Also, like we mentioned, sharing is caring. So if you could like uh, share the link to this episode or any episode, I don't care, of The Big Inside to your social media, and it's going to help us stay alive, and you guys are doing it. 
Like if you love what we do or if you hate what we do, we just want to know. So maybe just contact us. Become what we call a big mouth by dropping us a line or like we said, you can leave us a review. Go to the website, send us an email, leave a comment on any episode show page at thebiginside.com or, or our Facebook page. we got one of those too. Look, we're going to mention you on the air like I did at the top of the show. I just really need your guys' help and appreciate the, those folks who have been helping. Pitch in. Help us stay alive. Um, also, if you do like what you hear on The Big Inside, maybe you'd consider dropping me a few bucks into our virtual bucket of love at the website, thebiginside.com. Look, this stuff, all this stuff we do doesn't come for free, even if you get to listen to it totally for free. So helping us out is going to help you bring more ear candy that was weird. Anyway, any amount helps us keep going. We're independently funded, which means there is no network. This is just us doing our work. So your generosity is not only super appreciated, it's kind of vital for us to survive. So uh, help us out. Would you toss a few bucks, make a donation, sponsor the big inside. In fact, if you're going to sponsor us, why not just go for it? Go full hog and hump our leg and become a business sponsor, like get your business, who you work for, talk to your boss, talk to whoever, to become a sponsor of The Big Inside. Our audience is huge, by the way, and it's growing. It's like literally every episode we see it uptick, and we really, really like representing your products, your services, whatever, uh, to an audience that's like-minded, you know, that has a similar mindset that your brand promotes, and we want to put you on The Big Inside. So contact us, excuse me, contact us via our website for more information. We love selling your stuff. And karma is real. Now, as you know, at the end of each episode of The Big Inside, we end it with what's called The Little Insider. It's a little curated nugget of an idea that we rip off from our show. Basically, this is where we take something we recently did, we recently saw, we recently ate, or recently thought, or whatever, and turn it into a recommendation for you guys to maybe go try, do, or experience for yourself. It was a solo flight today, no guests, so I'm flying solo. On the little insider and fortunately my research for the show included shoveling snow and hypothetically oh, what a cornball i gotta say this though it's, it's an easy recommendation if you are in an area where you will be shoveling snow i'm going to recommendation don't unless you're of some ill health or older don't use a uh, uh the snow blower thingy don't use the electric thing use your hands use a shovel and here's the trick Bring a watch and make it like power cardio. Like literally I was shoveling and I was timing my sets. I was like doing it like a series of sets and I was switching the so shovel side to side, sometimes left, sometimes right, sometimes this. And it was, I mean, it's hard work. It's never fun, but it was actually an impressive bicep and lower back workout. And I even felt a little bit in my butt, in my glutes, in my melons, getting really personal up in here. Anyway, so my, my recommendation is... Uh, transform snow shoveling into exercise if you have to snow shovel. And if you don't have to snow shovel, up yours for not having to deal with this winter stuff. No, I'm not kidding. I almost said that. I almost said the naughty as if this is like not already <laughs> it's a classless show. We can't say the word shit on the air on the big inside. <laughs> anyway, today's show was produced by the Physiculture Collaborative, who always say shit, and whose own research into potential stored heat during the 1800s gave the world a famous invention, the Dutch oven. Who's writing my script? <laughs> Horrible. Music in today's episode was all Creative Commons licensed and included artists like OC45, Jazar, Mattia Capelli, The Buckeyes, Gaspari Spontini, and Ben Sound. 
Please support these genius artists online at places like Bandcamp and YouTube and SoundCloud and the like. Their work is not only incredible, but some of them are actually friends of mine. Now that's your workout for the ears this episode. I am Christian, a.k.a. XN for The Big Inside, reminding you that no matter what you do on your outside this new year, what makes it big is what's found on the inside. Hey, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you later. Oh, 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 o